Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is your boy Siege and my man E Carter. What's up, E? What's happening? What's happening? Y'all know y'all listen to C Podcast, SEE Sports Entertainment, and Extra She. We're going to dive right into it today. We got a nice, well rounded show for y'all today. I wanted to start it off by just giving y'all the MLB playoff results so far on record. So you got the Brewers versus the Braves. Uh, Atlanta is up two to one. We'll see. As we're recording, they're playing the game now, playing game four now. So those results will be um, done by the end of this evening, the evening that we're recording. Um, San Fran, um, the Giants and the Dodgers are playing or will play later on today. Um, They're in their game four. Uh, the Giants lead two to one. The Braves and Brewers, they they played uh, game three um, yesterday. Atlanta leads two to one. That series two to one. Boston Red Sox and the Tampa Bay Devil Rays, they are uh, they played four games so far, uh, or they they played four games. Boston is up three to one in that series. Uh, let's see, and then we got the Houston Astros and the Chicago White Sox. They are the uh, Astros are up three to one, and I just want to say cheating Astros. Uh, <laughs> get the, we're gonna get that out the way. <laughs> uh, get that out the way. But anyway, I just wanted to bring that up real quick for the uh, for the games that I had um, notched uh, to look at for the MLB for all you MLB fans out there. My team didn't make it. I told y'all I was the you know I'm a Reds fan, so they didn't make it. So whatever they wanted to uh, give me fool's gold. But anyway. Uh, moving along to the NFL, got a nice robust NFL topics for y'all today. I want to start off by uh, talking about just the AFC North uh, games in general. Start off with Cincinnati versus Green Bay. Um, hey, man, what you think about Cincinnati and Green Bay? <clears throat> One, man, that was a tight game. Uh, I was kind of like, usually when um, my team doesn't have a one o'clock game, I usually like go to red zone so I can catch kind of all the games at the same time. And just watching the red zone, I ended up <laughs> clicking onto that game live. Like, nah, I gotta, I gotta watch the rest of this. It's going down over there in Cincinnati. Uh, but I, I don't know, man. Them, them boys look like they're the real deal, man. It's kind of, it's kind of sad to say. I know me personally, I gave them at least another year to be good. And right, right now, they, they looking like they answered the bill. It was definitely a tight game. Um, <laughs> I. I got a rant tomorrow on the four or three that's kind of <laughs> related to this game, but so I'm gonna go too deep into it. But uh, Miss Phil goes, man, they had a shot to win, man, they and they couldn't close the deal. And hey, I mean that's it just kind of happens like that in the NFL, especially when you're dealing with a guy like Aaron Rodgers and uh, somebody who can, if you give him enough chances, he's gonna find a way to put his team in a good position to win. So. Uh, they had this shot to take down, you know, one of the elite quarterbacks in the game right now and actually still maintain a, a good lead in the division, uh, even though we kind of all equal right now. But they got the one division game uh, already in the books. So, you know, they had it right there for the, for the taking and it came up a little short. So I, I'm not ready to say that the real Bengals are the real deal yet, but I will say that they are on their way. Right, right. Yeah, I, um, I'm going to get to that point here in a second. I just wanted to run down what they what they went up against. Like Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, for people who um, don't really understand, he just came off an of MVP last year. Then after his first game this year, 
you know, against the Saints, everybody wanted to write him off. Like, that's why he didn't want to come back because he washed up after one game. And then you had us saying it's just one game. You know, we we, we talked right. about that on the four three. Like, just relax, y'all. It's, it's one game. It's Aaron Rodgers. We'll see what he we see what he could do. And then he comes out this week behind the eight ball against the good Cincinnati offense. At the very least, we know they have a good offense. Uh, and he goes twenty seven of thirty nine for three hundred and forty four yards, two touchdowns, and only one in. Uh, 344. Wow. But this, that's not even the biggest picture. So he throws for 344. Then you have Aaron Jones who has 103 yards. He averaged 7.4 yards a touch. And then Devontae Adams just went berserk. He had 11 receptions for 206 yards in the touchdown. Like, wow. So, I mean, you, you, you're going up against three, three pro bowlers um, or potential pro. I know uh, Devontae Adams, definitely a pro bowler. Aaron Rodgers is a pro bowler. I don't know if Aaron Jones, has made a Pro Bowl yet, but hey, Pro Bowl caliber player. Then you go see Joe Burrow. You look at Joe Burrow's side. He didn't have that rush. He didn't have that rushing attack uh, that that uh, Green Bay Packers have. They had uh, their highest rusher was Samahi Perine. I think that's how you pronounce his name. He went eleven fifty nine. No touchdowns. The only touchdown on the rushing game was Joe Mixon, who should be their premier running back. You know what I mean? Uh, he just had 10 carries for 33 yards. He only averaged 3.3 yards a touch. Um, I will say that uh, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase's connection is real deal, like a real deal. He had 159 receiving yards in the touchdown. And that's kind of where I wanted to go to uh, in this, in this uh, matchup here. Joe Burrow seems to me like the real deal. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he has the mm-hmm. arm. He has the poise in the pocket, as they like to say. I like to say he don't flinch in the pocket. <laughs> yeah. uh, but you know what I'm saying? He's standing there. He makes his throws. He knows when to get out. He knows where to go with the ball. Now he's going to throw some interceptions. He's still young. Um, you know, everybody throws interceptions even when you're not young. Um, I see Eli Manning and Brett Favre. Uh, <laughs> Uh, right, gunslinger. Right, so but but he has those skills, and then he has a receiver that he has that connection with. Uh, so I was like, wow, man, I, I think Joe, I think Joe Burrow's the real deal, man. I mean, I agree. Like I said, I I gave him two years when he got drafted, and then I I tried to put another year on it after the injury. But uh, even him coming back after the injury, he, he looks good, man, and. Like you said, that that connection that him and uh, Chase got, you know, that's all started back from college. So you know, they just kind of picking up where they left off. So they they definitely can uh, got a they can definitely be a dangerous tandem in the league, quarterback and receiver tandem. Definitely, definitely, and they're already kind of putting that um, res- that resume together, even though it's short. Uh, so that was that was um, decent to see, but at the same time, as a Browns fan. I hate to see it. I want everybody to lose, but uh, except for us. But uh, anyway, moving along, man. I wanted to touch on the uh, move to the Steelers game next. They got their second win, to two and three, beat the Broncos. Um, Broncos went to three and two. Um, did you see that game? Any takeaways that you see from that game? Uh, I really didn't. Like I said, I was watching the Red Zone during that game, so you know, I really don't watch Pittsburgh too much unless you know it's an interesting game. Uh, they they got it to work this game, and to me, I was the the biggest shock wasn't that Pittsburgh won the game. The bigger shock was that Denver 
is Denver the real deal? Because mm-hmm. yeah, they started off what was it four and zero or three and zero, and then we uh they played us. We won that game last week, and then now you go to Pittsburgh, another AFC North team, and then they kind of pretty much do the same thing to you. So it's like, all right, well, now it's letting you know, like, the teams that you was playing before to get to three and no, like, you really wasn't playing good caliber teams. You know what I'm saying? So how good are they? And so I was the bigger shock was that. Like, you know, usually any – especially any teams that start off three and no, four and no, three and one, you know what I'm saying? You, you look and be like, okay, like, are these going to be one of those teams this year that's tearing the league up? Like, okay, are they the real deal? Are they going to contend, like, go to the playoffs? Is this a playoff caliber type of team? And right now I think it's a lot of questions in that locker room on who the Denver Broncos really is. You just lost two straight after starting off uh, starting off so hot. So uh, that was the biggest, the biggest thing, like, Pittsburgh already, t- already said what they're going to do. They're not changing the offense. They're not about to switch nothing up. They're going to keep running, running what they run. And like, sure, if we do it, get the repetitions, it's just going to work. So they're putting their faith in Big Ben. That's that's what they're choosing to do right now. Uh, so, shit, I mean, they can't, you know, as much as I would like them to, they, they're not going to lose. It's still Pittsburgh. They're not about to lose every game. Like Mike Tomlin over there, he's – He's definitely a winner, <laughs> so he's gonna do what it, what it, what he feel is necessary to win win the game week in and week out. So, you know, I can't really count on them to, to lose everything, even though I would love to. I just need them to lose right. more than they win. <laughs> but the biggest upset to me was just Denver in that game. Like, uh, where are you, where are you guys really at? So that just kind of lets me know you haven't really played top tier uh, top tier defenses or mm-hmm. offenses that can push the ball down the field and and put points on the board. So yeah, that's the that's my only take on that one for real. Yeah, man. And not and, and uh my fault. And then Najee Harris, he got he got his first hundred yard game, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, he just went to the wrong team, my brother. But shout out to him, you know. <laughs> Getting that, getting that first big, big chunk, you know what I'm saying, in this rookie season. Um, I want to say I wish him success, but at the same time, I don't. Because, <laughs> I, I mean, I like Najee Harris. I just don't like Pittsburgh. <laughs> so I kind of want him to tank it. But, <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, that's what I got from those games, from that game, man. Right, man. I, I think um, Teddy Bridgewater, I like to call him Steady Teddy. He did his, He did what he was supposed to do. They had little to no running game to me. Like when you have two running backs with eight and nine carries, uh, you didn't run the ball enough. I mean, you didn't run the ball enough. Uh, you didn't play keep away enough. Cortland Sutton had a decent or had a great game. He had seven receptions, 120 yards and a touchdown. That was good. Um, I, I just think that the Denver Broncos is one, are one above average quarterback away from having a great team. And I've been saying that. I knew Drew Locke wasn't the guy there. I mean, he's, he's just Drew Locke. <laughs> but uh, I've been saying that for a few years. But they had to give him a shot. They had to give him a shot. Teddy Bridgewater is better than him. They just need somebody. I mean, if they had Teddy Bridgewater and let's say Teddy Bridgewater had a better running game with that defense that they seem to have that shows up and then kind of not shows up, you know, like in this game. Um mm-hmm. 
You know what I mean? They can they can be something. And they are three and two to their credit. They're three and two. I think that they can, you know, they can make a playoff run, whether or not it'll be a it'll likely be a wild card because of their division. Um, but I think they can get there. I'm just I'm just worried about that the, the steadiness, like I said, of, of of what they can do offensively. Like Teddy Bridgewater threw uh, 38 passes. He completed 24 of them. He had 288 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. That's kind of reminiscent of what I just said about uh, Aaron Rodgers. You know what I mean? Those are similar numbers to Aaron Rodgers' numbers. Um, now, you you have to back that up with uh, Aaron Jones, though. You know what I mean? Right. You know what I mean? You can't just have your leading running back for that game have eight carries and 61 yards. He averaged 7.6 yards a carry, but he only carried it eight times, and eight times is not enough. Uh, so that that was that uh, my takeaway from there. And Steelers Steelers um, Steelers ran the ball significantly better as Najee Harris, like you said, he had 122 yards on 23 carries, mm-hmm. so he only averaged 5.3 yards. But you can see with the more carries, with the more carries, they kept the keep the ball away, you know, more than um, than than Denver would have liked to. Uh, my second takeaway from that is they did what they did. What that was so smart is. Ben Roethlisberger only threw 25 passes and he completed, he only completed 15. We have never seen, or at least from my memory, a big Ben offense where he only completes 15 passes. Right. 15 passes for, for big Ben. He had two touchdowns and Chase Claypool had 130 yards on five of those 15. So, so I mean, Hey, listen, what the, one third of your passes go to Chase Claypool? They go for 130 and a touchdown. There's nothing, nothing I can really say about that. So, uh, Big Ben did what he had to do. Najee Harris did what they had to do. And like you said, to the big, to the the biggest point, or which you got to that I was going to get to is Mike Tomlin always seems to find a way to get the W. Like it doesn't matter like whether or not they go nine and seven and miss the playoffs or, you know what I mean? Like he finds a way to get the maximum amount of wins out of whoever he has on the field, which to me makes him a top tier coach. Um, I just wish he didn't coach for the Steelers. Uh, that's all. <laughs> all right. So moving along, man, I'm going to go to um, my game, the Cleveland Browns and the LA chargers, man. That was a, whoo, that was a crazy one right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, crazy one. Um, Man, I'm going to let you start that one off, man. Oh, that was wild. <laughs> All right. Excuse me. Um, so, I mean, and that was another game that, like, I was watching Red Zone kind of bouncing back and forth. No, matter of fact, check that. I actually watched that whole game. So, because I'm like, all right, Cleveland playing. I really don't feel like watching nobody else. I'd rather watch Cleveland take this L. That's kind of what I went into it uh, going, like uh, went into it with. So, you know, I'm cooking dinner, I'm watching the game, so I didn't see every detail. But overall, it was a freaking shootout. Uh, that boy Justin Herbert over there, that boy, he he, all right. He definitely, he definitely nice, bro. He definitely uh, making a way to be in a conversation as somebody's newer, uh, potentially top tier quarterbacks that we have within the last four or five years. Um, he's definitely putting his name in there. And like I said, it was just a shootout, man. Like, I don't have any uh, specific details uh, about the game. Uh, I don't know if the two quarterbacks or offensive coordinators just had everything kind of dialed in. 
or the defensive coordinators was off their game or if the players just wasn't executing certain certain assignments. I don't know. But I know that mug came down to the wire, bro. It was a shootout, like, nonstop. They go up. Y'all go up. They tie it back up. Y'all come back down, tie it up. Like, oh, man. I'm like, bro, some, somebody got to make a play here on defense, man. Like, somebody, like – and I, don't get me wrong, I was rooting for the Chargers. And uh, uh, I, and I remember I was telling you last week, I'm like, I think this might be a little test for y'all because the Chargers is coming in hot. So uh, just kind of, you know, be on the lookout for that. Like, I don't know if they really playoff material yet, even though they didn't beat potentially two playoff teams in a row. But this is going to be the deciding factor in they went toe to toe with y'all, and, and they end up coming out. Uh, they end up coming out with the W, but you know, which was great for me. The Bengals took an L. It was, it was almost a perfect Sunday, man. Uh, the Steelers had to get their win. All right, you can't lose them all, but you know, y'all took that loss. The Bengals took that loss. I greatly appreciate it. <laughs> man, listen, this game right here, man, was one of those ones where I was like, are they serious right now? Baker Mayfield, 23 of 32, 305 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Nick Chubb, 21 rushes, 161 yards, one touchdown. Kareem Hunt, 12 touches, 61 yards, two touchdowns. David Njoku, seven receptions, 149 yards, one touchdown. Like, come on, bro. And then, but, but here's the thing. Here's the thing that really killed us. Um, not only – not only did Justin Herbert play, and I'll get to him in a minute, his stats in a minute. Um, we had two two plays broken coverage from the uh, weak side on the, the from the safety position, where either Grant Delpit or Ronnie Harrison, whoever was playing that on that side, came down, and literally Mike Williams was a wide open, bro, like wide open. I, that was. You know, that's still young, still a young team on defense. Just your, everybody's first year, most people's first year playing in this defense. I get it. You're going to have some some mess ups or whatever, but that was two freebies right there. Um, two of those freebies mm-hmm. contributed to Justin Herbert having 26 of 43, 398 yards, four touchdowns, and no interceptions. So he went off. Uh, he went off. We held their running game relatively kept them relatively pedestrian. Austin Eckler was their leading rusher. He had 17 carries, 66 yards. He did have two touchdowns, but he averaged under four yards a carry. So, I mean, I'm great with that. <laughs> we did let Justin Herbert get him one, get him a rushing tutty in, so he had a rushing touchdown too, which that sucked. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> but it all sucked. Uh, Mike Williams, I, I t- talked about him. It was, He had eight receptions, 165, and both of those two touchdowns that I just discussed there. Here's my main – Takeaway, man. We we did enough to where we were in the game. We could have we could have won the game. We had some blown coverages, and not only one thing contributed to this loss, but those referees, man. Those referees were the worst, bro. Like, like I swear it was like flag on the play, Cleveland Browns. Why? Because y'all the Cleveland Browns. Fifteen yard penalty. <laughs> Replay. First fourth time. down. Like, come on, bro. Like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, come on, man. Like, it, there were two pass interference penalties that were just straight trash, um, straight trash, where the receiver was grabbing the defender's jersey and yanking him to the ground while he made a catch or tried to make a catch, and they caught it on us. That was extra trash. 
there were a lot of illegal hands to the face on Wyatt Teller that did not get caught. Wyatt Teller and um, I think it was Wyatt Teller and somebody else where they were literally taking their left hand and raking his mask with it, putting their hand like under his chin, raking his face. Didn't call that. They caught a holding on him, though, on one of those. That was trash. (laughs) So it was a lot of it was a lot of plays where I was like, really, refs, we going to do this today. Um, but one of my guys I was watching the game with, he did say, watch them try to officiate the rest of this game to make Baker make a game-winning drive. And we didn't make a game-winning drive. So <laughs> so uh, he was right about that part. But I just hated the fact that it was a lot of officiating, you know, snaffles. I would like to win the game just off the sake of winning the game. Um, <laughs> but all that said, um, you broke it down pretty beautifully there. You guys have the division now, four to one. Uh, y'all four and one. We are three and two. The Cincinnati Bengals are three and two. And then the Pittsburgh Steelers are two and three. Uh, so, woo, really, really tight division there. Um, and before we get to talking about the divisions, which will be our next topic, let's talk about the game of games last night. Uh, I, I got a lot to say about this game. But I'm gonna let you go ahead and get get it off because you know I'm gonna come technical with it, bro. And I just I got to hear your passion, man. I wish I could have this <laughs> passion about my game. <laughs> All right, listen. One, I am uh my total count for many heart attacks up to now is about 47. Okay, I've had 47 many heart attacks watching these freaking football games through week one through week five. Every game besides the Denver game has been. A freaking nail biter. We got a uh, a one point win against Kansas City. We got a sixty six yard field goal against uh, against uh, Detroit. Like, oh my God, we got uh, overtime uh, loss to to uh, Las Vegas. It's like, oh man, like every time I turn around, it's a nail biter. Like some clutch stuff got to take place on both sides of the ball for us to pull it out. But overall, man, I just want to say, not bad for a running back, right? Um, ever since Lamar came into the <laughs> league, man, they, they always come at this man. They try to change his position. You need to be a running back. You need to be a receiver. Uh, you need to be a, a special teams guy or something like that. Return punts. Like, let's use that speed somewhere else. Like, no, that man is a quarterback. Um, so not only a franchise high, he threw for 442 yards, four tugs. Like, he broke so many records. And I'm pretty sure, like you said, you're going to get on the technical side of it. He broke so many records. Um, so much history was made last night during that game. Like, just most wins uh, of uh, players, quarterbacks under 25. And then he, he's probably going to end up leading that category because I don't think he turns 25, they said, until January. That's playoff ball. So you got your whole season to, to, to rack that up. You know what I'm saying? So it's like it just seems like every every time he touches the field, is some type of, even though, you know, yes, it is 2021, it seems like every week it's a different record popping up somewhere that didn't nobody know about. Like, he's the first player ever to ever do this. Like, when do we start tracking it? But anyway, <laughs> every it just seems like every week, man, it's, a, it's something else that either nobody has done before or puts him in a, a category with very good company. Like, you and company, I think either tied Dan Marino's under 25 win, uh, wins with under 25 or whatever, 25 years of age. I think he tied Dan Marino. Uh, 
he in the same category with Drew Brees. I think he's ahead of Drew Brees with the most, uh, the highest completion percentage for a quarterback uh, with over 40 passes and 400 yards, which was, I think he, I think he ended up at 86, something like that. Drew Brees is 85. And if we all know Drew Brees, Drew Brees usually holds one of the, like he's, he completes his passes. Like that's, he, he a killer. He's definitely an accurate thrower or was an accurate thrower when he was in the league. But it's just funny to me, man. You hear all these critics, especially me as a fan. I know I listen to them all. Uh, well, he needs to throw outside the numbers. He needs to get more accurate. He, uh, I don't know how much uh, he can – he needs to go through his reads. I don't know how long his uh, that style of play with him running around is going to keep up. That man is a quarterback. If you actually watch him play, especially this year, He's not looking to run. He's not calling hike. Now this is a design run, but he's not calling hike. Oh, I don't, my guy's not open. I'm going to take off or I'm not looking at the coverage. I'm a force one. He's not doing any of those things. And it's funny because teams still think that he's that quarterback from last year or the year before to where mm-hmm. we're going to put eight box, eight in the box, nine in the box. You know what I'm saying? We're going to bring a safety down, somebody with some speed, send them off the edge. Some people, uh, like to play back and have a have a spy, like, but they're gonna load up the box because they know we like to run the ball. Totally opposite. They were saying, okay, you wanna put eight in the box, you wanna leave me with uh one-on-one out on the outside. All right, I'm gonna make you pay. You wanna go man and send them hot, I'm gonna make you pay. We're gonna throw this ball downfield. Now the coach did a great job uh to be all the way, they did a fantastic job. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna say I didn't have I wasn't down in the dumps that first half. I uh, definitely was. Game got out of hand real quick, and I'm like, "Whoa, what's going on?" And uh, you know, like any offense, man, you got to get in rhythm. And I think with our offense, it seems like besides the Denver game, we don't get into a rhythm until that until the second half of football. Like it's great to be a second half team. It's great that you know you can come back and make adjustments. Uh, and come back and perform, but at the same time, and get if you get rolling early, <laughs> then you don't have to worry about trying to make a comeback late. You know what I'm saying? So uh, only uh, it's a couple faults I take away from that game. One is we need to get get that train rolling early. Uh, we just opened up the game where I think with four uh, with like five passes in a row. You know what I mean? No runs. You know what I'm saying? So because they but they putting eight people in the box. And that's one thing that our offense is trying to prove that if you're going to put these people in the box, then we're going to throw the ball on you. And right. we have the offense, we have the receivers and we definitely have the quarterback that if that's a game you want to play, we can still beat you this way. So um, we need to start off fast. And the other uh, thing I'm taking away is just defense, man, like. Defense has to wrap up. I've seen so many missed tackles. I even thought about you watching the game, that uh, tiptoe burglar. You know what I'm saying? It's a couple times where uh, Carson Wentz was – he was killing the play action. Not going to lie, he was killing the play action the whole game. Uh, And those outside linebackers or those DNs are supposed to come down or whatever, they're hesitant. And it's like, man, yeah, Carson Wentz can run, but you need to scrape down the line. Like – you're, you know, you got to make it either split the, di- like, you know what I'm saying? You got to split the difference or commit to one or the other. 
And sometimes they would think it's a play action, it's a run. Sometimes you think it's a run, it's a play action. I mean, that kind of what happens in that position. But if you split the difference and see what he's going to do, he can still put you on the play. So some of the veteran guys did step in and start making those plays. Like, if you're going to come, once you see it going down away from you, squeeze tight down that line and just buzz down the edge. Either if it bounces, it's going to bounce right into you. You go too wide, you leave a gap. You don't go at all. You, you a less man uh, in there to make a tackle. So uh, I think we got to do better on defense, especially with tackling. Um, it's not too much we can do, man, with the banged up secondary that we have. I think we need to find the scheme that works for the unit that we have. Uh, because Averett, he just got fucking exposed. <laughs> he just got exposed, man. Carson Wentz was going at him all night. Whether he was in zone, man, he didn't care. He did not trust that man over there, and he took as many shots. He was taking shots at him the, whole, the entire game. Uh, if you go back and just watch the highlights, uh, 23 is going to show up on that screen at least 12 times. At least 12 times. Uh, so, I don't know, man. I think we need to find a scheme. Uh, I mean, Baltimore is still going to be Baltimore. I know we like to blitz. I know we like to play a lot of man. Uh, I believe in Averitt. I believe he's a, you know, a pretty good corner. Uh, I just think he's – he just needs to be in the league longer. You know what I mean? I think uh, overall if he either stays with us or goes to a different team that can utilize him better, whatever the case may be, I think the longer he stays in the league, I think the better he will actually get as a player. But it, it's just certain things that you learn with time and age. So I think he just got caught up in the moment. Carson Wentz is – as much as we talk crap about Carson Wentz and he can't stay healthy, he's still, when he is healthy, uh, a, a very good quarterback that knows what he's doing. So he got exposed. Overall, man, great win, man. 16-point deficit. <laughs> uh, I think that I think that was third comeback in franchise history. I think the highest is like 22-point uh, deficit that was made by your boy, Vinny Testaverde. <laughs> But, yeah, man, Lamar did his thing, man. 442 yards, four tugs, no picks, and then uh, 50 yards rushing. He's the first player to do that, too. So, <laughs> hey, great game, man. And like I said in the beginning of this little ran or stint, not bad for a running back. Give my, give my man his credit, bro. He's freaking elite. Right, man. Listen, I'm going to start off with the Colts on the Colts side, man. They played a heck of a game. I just think this was a battle of the uh, battle of the backup. Uh, secondary units because they had a bunch of secondary go out during the game too. Um, my biggest uh, thing for Carson Wentz was, is yeah, I call him Carson Splints because he always seemed to be in a splint but, <laughs> but uh, or, or hurt some way. So I call him Carson Splints, but he is a, he is a pretty good quarterback uh, when, he, when he's healthy and he has a, a nice team around him. He went 25 or 35, 402 yards, two touchdowns. You know, that's a, that's a, a, a great game. 402 yards, two touchdowns. He wasn't really helped by his running game much, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was. Nah, no, Jonathan Taylor had 53 yards in the touchdown. Marlon Mack had five five touches for 47, which is nine, almost nine and a half uh, per carry. But he five carries, what can you do with that? Um, but that was pretty much it. <laughs> I mean, the, the reason why I was saying, yes, they did, it was it wasn't. It wasn't a dominating fashion. It was just when those runs was coming. So Marlon Mack, when he got in, he was the third running back in there. And you still, yeah, he only got five touches, but you you popping off like that. You the third one. 
You're not yeah, even. Yeah, but but when you only have when you only your, your three running backs have 29 care 24 carries total 24 carries total for the game that is trash you don't you're not keeping no you're gonna lose the game here's the thing you're gonna lose the game when you're not keeping the ball away from the other team when you're up 16 you're throwing the ball too much um when you throw the ball the clock tends to stop more and you give the other team a chance so i think they gave y'all a better chance to come back due to the fact that they was airing it out so much they should have just kept it they could have kept it on the ground just a little bit more for my taste uh like I said, 20 not, 24 carries for your three running backs. Like, that's trash. Naeem Hines is the second running back. He had four carries, 18 yards. Like, come on. Um, but they also did that thing. They, I mean, like I said, it goes in the passing and not running. But some of those passes to me is just like sweet plays. Some swing route screens is just like a inverted sweep to me. You know, you trying yeah, to get them in open space and like that. So, they – like, basically, I was just looking at it as a collective, as running backs in general. Like, you got them dropping off under the screen. Like, the play action – like the runs that they did set up for what they was trying to do. They they ran a lot of misdirection, a lot of play action. And yeah, it wasn't like they didn't run it enough. Like I said, those times that those runs came, a 16 yarder here, a 12 here, an eight here, uh, it's third and two. All we need is two yards. Boom, you get us four. Like, you know, it's, it was the times that those runs came that set up. Like yeah. Frank Wright played called called a, a almost a almost perfect game, almost at least in the first half he did. Uh, yeah, in the first they, in the first half he called a, he called a decent. You know, he, everything was decent when I went back and watched the game. But like I said, when you're not keeping the ball away, like screens and play actions, that's cool. But I mean, you see drop, you see short passes dropped. You see, you see, like I said, three point five yards a carry for Jonathan Taylor. Like, okay, you might have got a. 16 yarder, but then four more carries after that, you getting tackled behind the line like that. That is not helping you. Mm. <laughs> so, so that's the thing about that. Like you know, when you run a ball, when you screen pass and you do all of that stuff, yeah, that can help you. But it only can help you as an extension of the running game if you're in a position to keep the clock moving and you're not behind. They played a little bit too conservative for my taste of being ahead. Um, not only that, they special teams unit. He missed what three field goals, four field goals, something like that. Uh, that was he garbage. Missed, he missed a field goal and he missed the extra point. And then, well, it was three total. One, one got blocked. So yeah, one got blocked. Really, he missed the one then, for game. And then he missed uh, and then he missed the extra. And point. missed the extra point. Yeah. So that that didn't help him at all either. If he would have made that last one, we wouldn't be having this conversation. But exactly. uh, but he missed. So. Uh, Anyway, back to the major part. Every time I see Lamar Jackson play, man, I think about what I said before that draft. I always say, no, who throws for 5,000 yards, over 40 touchdowns in college and can't throw? And I wanted Lamar Jackson so bad, man. I was sitting like, man, come on, Browns, bro. Just draft Lamar Jackson. Just draft him, bro. We didn't draft him, but it's cool. We, we went to the playoffs and we won a game last year, so I'm happy. But anyway, I saw this man go 37 for 43, 442 yards. Four touchdowns last night, or not last? Well, last night, yeah, last night because we're recording this on a Tuesday night. Uh, so yeah, he balled out, man, and then he had fourteen carries for sixty-two yards. Like, listen here, listen here. This is this is my point about the running game. Your old guy has fifteen carries for fifty-three yards. Lamar Jackson has fourteen carries for sixty-two yards and still put four hundred forty-two yards on you. Like, you can't win when you have fifty-three yards rushing from your main guy. You're not keeping the ball away from a from a quarterback who can outrun you. <laughs> like that makes right. no sense to me. But anyway, and then you had Mark Andrews was big time. He was just big time. And you talk about when plays were supposed to come, 
he he was the hero, bro. He was making breaking routes open, and then your boy Hollywood Brown. I ain't even calling him his first name today. His name first name is Hollywood. How he played. That's how he was supposed to show up. That's how he is supposed to consistently show up. Uh, so he he did his thing. Um, but like I said, man, it was just to me it just seemed like a battle of uh, who was going to be able to take advantage of of the secondary units uh, more so. In the beginning, you know, they did what they were supposed to do. They just got a little bit too lax a days ago. Their special teams needs work. And then they kept trying to say, like, Blankenship had a hit problem. Well, if you knew he had a hit problem, why are we kicking field goals, like all these field goals, you know what I mean? Or right. field goals or whatever. So you, can't, you on the field, you on the field, bro. Like, I, you know, you can't just – like Baker Mayfield after – after um, what game did we win? We played Minnesota Vikings. All his labor – he had a torn labor. So you was on the field. I don't care. Like, like right. you was out there. You ain't say nothing about the torn labor before the game. Don't tell me that after the game or during it. Like, I don't care. Right. <laughs> I, I wish you well. I hope you get better. But come on, bro. Like, we're not doing that excuses stuff, man. Like, yeah, yeah, if you thought you was good enough to play, if you thought you was good enough to be in the game, man, then the injury doesn't matter. Yeah, so you, was, you went out there with a messed up hip and you missed the game, field goal for game, Mr. Blankenship. Like, that's on your resume. It ain't going to say – It ain't going to say, oh – he missed a field goal. He missed a field goal because his hip was messed up in the, in the box score. Like, so whatever, man, I, I had to bring that up. Cause I get tired of hearing that after and during games. Um, but anyway, moving along, man, that was, that was just a, I wanted to touch on the division games because my next topic today is who has the toughest division. Unbiased. If we can be unbiased, who has the toughest division? Um, I'm gonna be biased, so I'm gonna start off being biased, <laughs> and I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say the AFC North. Uh, I mean, I'm gonna say the AFC North because we in the AFC North, but at the same time, and especially now, which you know, me and you talked about it almost every year. You know what I'm saying? Whether whether it's your team, my team, just especially at the end of the year, where, where you think the the future of the division or teams is going to go and all of this. And I remember last year we talked about uh, Cincinnati. We talked about, uh, you know, your team, my team, like, all right, cool. One of us is going to be going to have to take over that role for big dog in the division. Cause it's not going to be Pittsburgh. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, we might have three teams in the playoffs, but who is that third team going to be? Is it going to be Pittsburgh or Cincinnati going to make a push for it? So right now Cincinnati making that push for it, and it's and they we really doing our thing overall as a division. So uh, let me pull this up real quick. So we're um, we're four and one. You got and you and the Bengals are both three and two, and then you got Pittsburgh two and three. Uh, that's still three out of four teams in the division with winning records. You know what I'm saying above above five hundred, and those losses wasn't. Uh, blowout losses and, you know, you guys stunk it up or whatever. Like, those were still good games, close games where you was in it at the end. Right. And just can't just came up short. So, you got the – you got us. And then if, uh, if I'm going to be unbiased, I'm going to say – I'm sticking to AFC. I'm going to say the AFC West, man. A lot of people sleep on that division because Kansas City been kind of running it the last couple of years. But – the Los Angeles Chargers is making a move. They're four and one. Las Vegas is three and two. Denver is three and two. And 
unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, I'm, I'm kind of happy about it. But the Kansas City Chiefs is two and three. And then just to give a opinion on the the um, the NFC side, I'm going to have to go with the, uh, mm, I don't know. Let me see. I'm going to have to go with the M- NFC West. Like right now, as a division, they're not as as big, but as as far as what these teams are supposed to do and projected to do, that's what makes them one of the toughest divisions in football. Arizona is playing great ball right now. They're five and zero. The LA Rams is four and one, and then you got Seattle that's down to two and three, and you got San Francisco that's two and three. But all four of those teams are e- could not easily, but they're they they're putting those teams that you can kind of count on maybe making the playoff pushes. You count on Russell Wilson to make a push. Uh, San Francisco got a whole lot of weapons. They just need a quarterback that's going to stay healthy and stay on the field and actually produce. Uh, the Rams they was the big dog uh, that division for you know for the last year or so. Uh, now Arizona is making a push. They saying hey Ron we still here too. So they making a push in that. Everybody else is kind of – it's like one or two teams that you kind of predict is going to be in 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 a, in a winning in a winning category. And, you know, it's kind of – every other division is kind of – everybody's where I, I think they should be. Um, but, yeah, well, I don't know. That's probably all I got. If I'm, I'm not going to give another division in the NFC because I'm like, shit, that's only leaving you – that's only leaving you with the – the couple butt teams, like, nah. <laughs> uh, nah. It's not even that, man. But um, it's just, you know, the the little anecdotes about the different uh, about the different divisions. Um, so the, the, here's the thing. I think in the next few weeks that we really get to see who's who's the best division through the through the first or through the first half of the season, just because of who we play. Like, I, I want to say. Arizona, like Arizona's division, the NFC West is the best, but then they got two teams with, uh, you know, t- three losses. So that's like, uh, right now, can I really say it? But I can because, you know, San, Fr- or San Francisco is a good has a good defense. The Seahawks are the Seahawks. They just – their defense just doesn't – hasn't looked the same for, you know, for a few years. And then they have Arizona, and then they have the L.A. Rams. Now, the L.A. Rams, we know their defense is legit. We know their defense is legit. The Cardinals have been here before. So that's the only thing about the Cardinals. So they go undefeated and then they lose a bunch. So I, I want to wait to reserve to say that they can keep it going or wait to see if they can keep it going before I say that they're the best because we don't know. I mean, we see how good they're playing, how many points they're putting up. Kyler Murray is playing MVP style football. Um, I mean, so I, you can't really knock them now, but historically, you know, we've seen like even in his. Was it his first year or last year? One, I think it was last year. It went like four and zero, five and zero, and then they just lost a bunch of games. So I don't, you know, I don't. I want really want to reserve to put them at the top until I see that consistency there. I can't say the NFC North. Obviously, they have a team that hasn't won a game, so that's not there. We're just gonna knock them down a peg, and we beat the Bears. So and we beat the or they're not the Vikings beat us, didn't they? No, we beat the Vikings. We beat the Bears and the Vikings. Yeah, y'all beat the Vikings. We beat the Bears and the Vikings, so I can't say that they're better than us. NFC East is the NFC least. I'm not even going there with them. Uh, (laughs) We're going to leave them out. NFC South is interesting 
because they have a four and one, two, three and twos, and a two and three. The only thing is to me is the Falcons, man. They have a decent offense. Their defense is trash to me. I, I don't like disrespecting NFL players all like that, but for the sake of NFL teams being NFL teams, their defense is trash. Saints, eh. Panthers, fool's gold. They want they beat three teams in the beginning of the year who the Jets, like, and then you go up against you go up against the uh, Dallas Cowboys and, and lose and get smacked. So whatever. Um, so they can't be the best division to me in my eyes. Um, just because of that, the Panthers, they got to play against good competition consistently. We know what the Buccaneers can do. They defense just got to catch up to the offense. Um, AFC South, they have a team that's winless and then two other teams that's one and four. Like, no. The Colts are better than one and four as far as just the look of their actual team when Carson Wentz is playing. The Texans, Jaguars, they can miss me with them. <laughs> and then we know the Titans are struggling. You can't just – it's hard to have a running back, just a running back in today's league. We've seen Adrian Peterson. I mean, they have offense in terms of receivers, but they got people out mixing in and out. Like A.J. Brown has been out. Um, but we can get more in, into detail about that on another show. Um, but they're not the best division to me. AFC East, they have the Jets in the division, so that's a no. <laughs> <laughs> the the AFC West is interesting too because okay so we just lost to the uh Chargers the Raiders y'all beat the Raiders Chargers what I say I said we lost to the Chargers no. we just yeah, lost to the Chargers that, yeah that's what I said we just lost to the Chargers and then y'all uh beat the Raiders so we seen y'all beat the no, Raiders no we didn't no we didn't y'all lost to the Raiders oh yeah that's right y'all did lose to the Raiders so y'all lost to the Raiders we beat uh y'all beat the Broncos. Y'all beat the Broncos. We lost to the Chiefs, too. So we lost to the Raiders and the Chiefs at the beginning of the year. So uh, We beat the Chiefs and the Broncos. Y'all beat the Chiefs, the Broncos. We lost to the Chargers and the Chiefs. So those are our two losses there. Now, here's where it gets interesting about our division, right? So Bengals have the only division game, right? So they have the only division game, the only division win so far. So we haven't even went into division play yet, really. Um so we'll see that later down the road. Uh, the char- For us, the Chargers lost to me. That was just straight ref trash and a couple of little misassignment plays. So that was that was whack. Similar thing with the Chiefs, too. Like, we played the Chiefs tough. So, uh, But we lost both games. So whatever. It is what it is. Now, we play the Cardinals next. So if we can go beat the Cardinals – that would go a long way into solidifying whether or not we are the best division or not. You know what I'm saying? If we beat them or it could be, if they go on a losing streak, then what I said earlier will be true. And then it would nullify, nullify that point too. So that's the interesting part about sports. You look at the divisions, you see who it is and you know, you, you see the wins and losses, whether or not you right or wrong and whatever happens to the teams, then you can go back and say, well, they lost eight games after that. So y'all still suck. But whatever, man. Right. <laughs> I think we got the best division specifically because we have the most consistent offenses down the down the line. And even with our attrition, we have solid defenses all the way down the line. The Steelers has have a pretty good defense. The only thing about them is they just Big Ben just can't throw it like Big Ben normally throws it. And then we see divisions with uh winless teams. They'll, those can't be the best divisions. You have winless teams. So I would say it's between us, the NFC West, and the AFC West. So those would be my three. But 
it's a couple little it's, it's one is one in there that you gotta say because of the record like oh they got the same record as us nfc south but fools go to me man nfc south sorry y'all we know the but we know what the bucks is gonna do to y'all so that's over with <laughs> but anyway man so yeah that was interesting man so i guess we both agree afc north i guess we tried to be unbiased but whatever uh <laughs> turns out we're just biased but it is uh, what it is yeah man so yeah the afc west afc north we'll just put y'all right there 1a 1b how about that and then we'll fight it out throughout the season uh <laughs> but uh moving along man so uh, moving from the NFL side, we're going to go to the uh, Wilder Tyson Fury 3. Um, it's not too much to say about this fight, uh, but what did you see from uh, what you got to see from what you watched? He choked again. <laughs> so he said he like, choked again, man. Uh, the last fight, man, I, I, you know, I, I was, I didn't bet any money because I try to stay away from betting, man. You can get lost in that stuff, especially, like, not online betting and stuff like that, but when you get to, man, I bet you $200 on, on the fight, you know what I mean, and getting to carry away like that, how you do with your, you know, your family and your friends, but I try to kind of stay away from that when I can, but I, I was willing to in the last fight, so I, for, I forgot that the fight was even this weekend. You enlightened me, like, hey, the fight about to come on. I'm like, oh, snap. So, you know, it's, he, Wilder is built for three, maybe four rounds. After that, he's he's tanked after that. He's gassed out after that. He goes in and his wild punches. His, oh, I'm, I'm going to use my strength. Footwork goes out the way, like all of that stuff. Like I know he had to gain weight. I know um, Fury is, what, 277, 280, somewhere around there. Uh, and he was weighing on him. So, because Fury is a, he's a better boxer. Like, I'm going to just be honest. He's a, he's a better boxer. Uh, Wilder is not a boxer. Wilder is a brawler. He wants to get in there and just sling wild, wild hooks and, and beat up on folks and catch them on the chin. And it worked for the beginning part of his career. But, you know, when you get somebody that can take those hits, and they're still hitting you, and they know how to box, then you you kind of met your match at that point. And mm-hmm. that's pretty much what it is. There, I, I hope he doesn't go back and say, oh, he wants to fight him again. It better not be another fight. Like, it better not be. Like, my biggest question is, can he bring his career back at this point? Because right now, you didn't you didn't lost two straight to, to the same man. So... I don't know. Like, is it is it a wrap? You know what I'm saying? Do you, does he keep on going after this? I mean, I kind of still want to see him in the ring. I think he's got a talent, man. And the older you get, the wiser you get. So he should change up his game. But if he's not willing to change up his game and pattern around different styles, or you know what I'm saying, just gain some type of new insight on the game, then I don't know. He might he might want to go ahead and chalk it up because. Fury outboxed him two times in a row, and that's simply all it was. You know, is like my endurance. I can outlast you in here longer than me. You know what I'm saying? Like I can outlast you in here. Like my stamina, like <laughs> my energy, like I'm good. And I'm just, I see that you're tired, so I'm gonna pop, pop. I'm gonna jab you to death. Maybe slip in a hook, and then I'm gonna lean on you. I'm gonna lean on you. As soon as we tie up, I'm gonna lean on you. I'm gonna drop my weight on you. Because you're not going to be able to keep trying to push me off. Once you can't push me off, 
your arms get heavy. Once your arms get heavy, they drop. Once your arms drop, face wide open, and it's mm-hmm. over. That's just boxing one-on-one right there. So he just got outboxed, man, once again. Uh, disappointed, but, you know, it is what it is. Everybody can't win them all. Right. I think, man, the same thing. He got outboxed, but here's a couple interesting things about the fight. One, like you said, he was leaning on him. That leaning, I thought the ref, like, told him, like, all right, you know, stop doing this. Stop stop uh, holding him in the headlock like he was squeezing his head. You know what I mean? Squeezing his neck in his head, stuff like that. So the ref was like, you know what I'm saying? Stop doing that, whatever, whatever. Uh, just boxing, you know what I'm saying? Stuff happens in boxing. The ref tells you, hey, cut it out. Then you got to cut it out. But he kept leaning on him. Um, you know, like you said, got to keep pushing them off of you. That's tiring. Um, there. So before I even get into the actual boxing of it, I'm going to talk about the the two knockouts or two knockdowns that Fury had, uh, that Wilder had on Fury. The ref didn't even start counting, bro. Like, he, he went over there and told Wilder, like, get back, and then came over, like, one, two, you okay? You all right? All right? Yep, four, five, six. And one of them, he got up at eight, got stood up at eight, checked his glove, checked Fury's gloves or whatever, and let him go. But the count was so long, dude. Like, you know what I mean? So I'm like, you didn't even – you obviously wanted to keep the fight going, or you had something else in, on your mind or whatever was happening, but the count process was so slow. So I didn't like that part about the fight or whatever. I, I would have liked, I would have liked them to, you know, hurry him up, man. Like get up. It's 10 seconds, bro. It ain't 25 seconds and then eight in the middle. And then, you know what I'm saying? So I would have liked them to hurry fury up, like get up, bro. Like right. I think that gave him time to catch his breath. But overall, um, I think, Fury or Wilder came out in the beginning of the fight for those rounds that he normally are good in first three, four rounds or whatever. He came out and looked like the better boxer. He was jabbing, hitting with the jab. He was hitting with the hooks. Uh, he once he get gas, man, it's over for 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 Wilder though. I think he came in too heavy. Uh, when you come in heavy, you're not used to fighting at a specific weight. You you gonna get gas, bro. Like you are gonna get gas sooner. And when he gets gas, he misses a lot. Um, now, it, so in terms of him being outboxed, that's definitely true. Um, we've seen um, historically great boxers outbox other people by outlasting them. Like, okay, well, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to wait until I get to – that's Floyd Mayweather's bread and butter. He gets people into later rounds. They, they're punchers. Well, now I'm going to just dance around you, do some shimmies, and, and beat you up because it's fun now. <laughs> uh, right. so, you know what I'm saying? So you see that or whatever. This is where I want to stop people. Okay. So, uh, well, first I want to say Wilder can still can still continue his career because he only has two losses. So we know, um, obviously, again, historically great boxers have lost more than two fights and kept fighting great Hall of Fame careers. Um, George Foreman, seventy-five and nine or something like that. We know Mike Tyson lost more than twice. Lennox Lewis lost more than twice. You know what I'm saying? Sugar Ray Leonard, Sugar Ray Robertson. All, the, all of these fighters lost more than twice. It's specifically to a, to one person. Um, we see other fighters go back and lose in trilogies twice or whatever, and then they keep coming back. Um, so, uh, so, he, so we know that he can do that. I think the social media age kind of kills him because people are just so bashing and so so much hate going on, man. Like. 
just like you see somebody lose and it's like, oh, he over it. He whack. He trash. He can't box. Well, he wouldn't have been 40 and no if he couldn't box. Like, come on now. He just his style is just not conducive to fighting against an actual seasoned boxer. You know what I'm saying? So let's so we got to slow down there. The other way out, the other thing I got to caution people, man, somebody put on put on social media. And I, I don't know if it was ESPN or not, but it got sent to me and they said, uh, we have a sports group or whatever. Somebody sent it to me in the sports group and it says, um, is Tyson Fury the greatest heavyweight of all time? Now, I wish y'all would please stop it with this. Please stop it. He could not beat George Foreman in his prime or his later prime. He could not beat Mike Tyson. He would not beat Mike Tyson. Tyson would floor that man. Uh, uh, just just the litany of Ali, like you're not going to beat none of these guys. So I wish people would stop saying Tyson Fury is the He's out of shape compared to them. They're better boxers than him. They're, some of them are faster. Some of them have better uh, better jabs. Some of them have better hooks. I, like if Lennox Lewis caught him with a right hook, it wouldn't have been no 25 second counts and getting up and doing all of that bull. They would have caught the fight. Like, so I wish people would stop like saying this guy is the greatest heavyweight of all time. One heavyweight division is not even what it used to be. It's getting better. It's getting better, but it's not what it used to be. But please stop saying Tyson Fury is the greatest heavyweight of all time. I don't even know if he would be the Kalichko brother in a prime. So I wish I would cut it out with that so i just gotta i had to go on that rant because i, I get tired of people sending me that man <laughs> nah you good man i i just never heard no i'm glad i've never heard nobody say that to me because i i'll probably just stop talking to him like yeah all right bro it's, it's now, <laughs> like, now it's now is he now could he is ascend to that level could he could he ascend to that hall of fame level yes all right so he has 30 plus win 30 plus win what 31 wins now no else or whatever relatively young in terms of uh, in terms of age um boxing age um i don't know how longer how much longer he'll fight but it's like yeah he's at the top of the mountain right now he he has the belt but greatest of all time when you start start talking about that you got to start talking about who who fought who and who's prime now we see anthony joshua just lost twice i mean he lost twice so he's not at the pinnacle of what he used to be. People are waiting to fight fighters now. They're not fighting top competition when competition is at the top. They waiting until people are getting watered down and withered away, and then they want to fight when they get older to get the big cash money instead of fighting. You know what I'm saying? To get the cash money then, and and potentially making these trilogy fights. Like you know what I'm saying? So you can't say somebody is the best when they're waiting until everybody's 35 to beat the best. I mean, we said just like Canelo, Canelo Alvarez, right? So Canelo Alvarez is at the top of the game now. He fought and lost to Floyd Mayweather before he even ascended to his prime. He lost to Floyd Mayweather. But now Canelo is, I mean, pound for pound. Like, you know what I'm saying? So you got to be willing to fight the best and get in the ring with the best and potentially take a loss in order to, to, for me to to say you are a, a pantheon great boxer or anything for that matter so um so yeah i'll leave it at that man he ain't the greatest heavyweight of all time please stop sending me that in my inbox uh you probably gonna get blocked <laughs> but anyway i had to put that out there because i got that i'm gonna send it to you too uh when we get off of here but anyway man so i just had to say that um but anyway moving along man i just wanted to touch on the entertainment side we done with sports we're gonna move to entertainment um dave Chappelle. Man, dave Chappelle. they trying to cancel dave Chappelle. 
for some of his uh, comedic anecdotes during his comedy special. Uh, I'm going to leave this one off only because I'm just going to say this, man. Comedy has been has been specific uh, ways for us for a long period of time, no matter what, who is doing it. Uh, they take the part different parts of life in our society, maybe parts that we don't like, parts that we do like or whatever, and turn them into something that's supposed to be funny, right? So you know, it's 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 all fun and games when it's all fun and games when people when comedians say something that's not about your specific community, but it's about another community. Yeah, it's funny. All right, let's laugh. But then when they come at your community in this new cancel culture day or whatever, now we want to cancel them because it's not about the other communities that he traditionally makes fun of. Now, here's what I will say. Dave Chappelle has been making fun of every community for for years now it's based his career off of it see dave Chappelle right. show <laughs> i mean all walks of life all communities or whatever nobody was exempt nobody is exempt from dave Chappelle or any other comedian at his level so i just wish people would just you know what i'm saying like find the humor in life i'm not now if you see somebody who's intentionally just dogging you you know what i'm dogging your community and not shedding on shedding any light on how society can be better all right, I, I get it. I get, I get, I got you. You know what I'm saying? Like John Gruden, which we'll touch on a four three podcast tomorrow. Like saying disparaging things, but not having a better motive behind it later on. And and not even not even that John Gruden was trying to. Let me let me let me say this. So disparaging comments should not be used to for period right. So we should period in the regular conversation. So John Gruden used his in the regular conversation. He was angry. Dave Chappelle is a comedian, so he uses his comedic anecdotes or whatever he says about communities in a, in a funny light to shed light on what our society is. Like, he makes fun of Donald Trump. He makes fun of black people. He makes fun of white people. He makes fun of LGBTQ community. Like, he makes fun of everyone, and then he sheds light on how people can treat each of these communities better. So that's what I want to basically wanted to say about Dave Chappelle. I need to cut it out. Leave Dave Chappelle alone. Bro, you can't cancel Dave. So, for one, you can't cancel Dave. Uh, two, like he said, he already got paid for it, so it is what it is. Three, this whole cancel culture is is ridiculous, man. Like, it's just like you said, like comedy. This is comedy. Comedy is supposed to be raw. Comedy is supposed to be unfiltered. Um, if you're going around and want people to play nice all the time, then what are you going for? Like, no, like it's okay when you're talking when a black folk is talking about slavery, excuse me, or a white folk talking about uh, I don't know. It's just it's different when you got comedies, uh, comedians talking about white folks, black folks, Jews, Indians, all of this stuff. And as soon as you hit this um, this certain community, then it's now it's a problem. Like, no, nah, we want to be accepted like everybody else. Okay, well, if you want to be accepted like everybody else, and I need you to sit there and find the humor in the joke, like, all right, cool. Like, you know what I'm saying? A white guy can say, have a black, a white comedian can have a black joke. He's a comedian, he's supposed to do that. You know what I'm saying? Now, if I feel like that man crossed the line, all right, cool. Now I have to check myself. Like, do I still sit here? I've already paid him. I can't get my money back. Do I still sit, sit here and support this guy? Or do I get up and walk out? Or do I sit here and still watch this Netflix special after somebody says something I totally didn't agree with? And it just grinds my gears to a point to where 
everybody wants to matter to everybody. It's like, oh, well, my opinion has to matter. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. And and I'm sorry. I'm sorry to say your opinion doesn't have to matter to everybody. Everybody has an opinion. You know what I'm saying? Everybody doesn't like the color red. Well, just because you don't like the color red, you're going to ban the color red for everybody else that do like it, can enjoy it. So for all the people who love Dave Chappelle, love his body of work, been following him his whole career, you want to try to get him canceled. So now can't nobody else enjoy his artwork. Like one, that's selfish and and you should you should really feel bad about yourself because the things that you're trying to do to get canceled because you feel bad. What if all of those things that you was doing, we turned them things around on you? Like, well, I don't like this because of this. I don't like Lil Lil Nas X because he was doing, you know, whatever he was doing with the devil in his video. Because he bought boots. (laughs) Like, I don't like, because he bought boobs in one video and didn't have the next time. Like, bro, if you're going to commit, commit. (laughs) (laughs) But you see 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 what I'm saying, though? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, he was with the devil in this video. Now let's cancel him. But we don't cancel people who do things, who, who... express themselves when they are a part of other specific communities. You know what I mean? So like, why when a black man says something about the LGBTQ community or cracking a joke or whatever about your, about your community being upset about somebody else saying something about you and you get, you get upset. It's just weird to me, man. I don't don't know. Like I, I, I understand and respect everybody's opinion. You know what I mean? You feel, you feel upset about it. You got the right to be upset if that's how you feel about it. But also, right. you got to look at it in its proper con. You got to look at stuff in its proper context. Like he wasn't trying right. to trying to disparage y'all and say, "Oh, your whole community is bad." And then even go back and look at his older body of work. Or what about why are we not canceling? It's so many people you can cancel. Like if that's the case, cancel everybody. You know what I mean? So we, we, we wouldn't have entertainment. Like, yeah, you got to look at no, it in its proper no context. There would have been no Richard Pryor, no Eddie Murphy, no. Eddie Griffin, no D.L. Hughley, none of these people, because you know Bernie Mac, Bernie, yeah, well, definitely wouldn't have been no Bernie Mac. It's like <laughs> right. you know what I'm saying. Like, come on, bro, you can't just cancel everybody just because you looking out of something, looking some, looking at something without its proper context. You know what I mean? So, right. hip hop, they've been trying to cancel that. I mean, so right. I'm just like, come on, man. <laughs> speaking speaking of canceling, I was going to save it for the extra, but it kind of fits in with this. Uh, it's not quite about Dave, but it is about cancel uh, cancel culture. So I just seen that there is a part of this cancel culture is trying to uh, cancel certain scenes out of the new Halloween movie because um, they feel it's disrespectful to firefighters. So the whole firefighter scene where he didn't he he, he murk out like 12 of them like i ain't seen the movie yet I, I plan to see it this weekend but i seen the trailer like it was a whole bunch of them gone bro messed up bro like he, <laughs> but they're like no you need to we got our firefighter for heroic icons of our country like okay but it's mike myers like like you said like take stuff in its context like it's a horror movie like who cares, bro? Come on. Mike Myers, I have no problem in the previous film when he choked out a kid. <laughs> Mike Myers, is a, he does not discriminate. If you were in his way or in his path on between him bodying his little sister that he'd been chasing for 75 years, then you get murked out too. Like, <laughs> get, get out his way, bro. Like, 
like my thing is, I mean, I know it's a movie, but I be looking like, bro, I, I would run. Like you didn't see, if I see somebody get murked in front of my face, I'm not gonna. Just, oh, let me help. No, I'm gone. But it's just the fact that they're trying to cancel out those scenes of that movie, and, and that just goes back to to my point that I was saying before. Like, just because you see something that you don't like, man, you you're spoiling it for everybody else that it does not bother. Like. Yeah, man, like, the writer or director is not against firefighters. It's a part of the character in the movie. These are actors. You know yeah, what I'm saying? It's, it's not like, like a real-life situation where, yeah, it's where, just, some, where people are advocating for firefighters to die or for, like, for instance, m- movies that have uh, depictions of slavery or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's pretty disrespectful to Black people. You want to keep showing us as slaves, but... A lot of people understand that it's a part of history. It's not saying you're you're not advocating for the reinstitution of slavery. I mean, if you are, then you're just a horrible person. But <laughs> but we're not but looking a, we're not looking movie. at movies saying we didn't watch the roots and say, oh my God, cancel it because they're advocating for the reinstitution of slavery. Like, no. Right. Like I'm like, man, get out of here, bro. Like, y'all not <laughs> y'all not about to take Halloween from me, bro. Y'all not about to do it. Yeah, so yeah, man, that's a good point, man. Yeah, that's that's a good. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, but anyway, man, moving on from Dave, man. Dave, man, come on, man. I know you already got paid, man. Give us another one, though. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, moving along, man. We're gonna go man. to the extra sheet. My extra Thanks. shit is funny, man. Uh, it's just funny. I was sitting, like I said, watching the game with a few of my fellas, my other fellas, uh, or whatever. And we got on the conversation of thrifting, bro, like thrift shopping. <laughs> like, he, you know what I'm saying? He was talking to his mom. She said, stop pass or whatever. And they were just telling me all these stories about them going thrift shopping, which brought up an interesting point for me where I was thinking like, man, we went thrifting too. Oh, my sisters go thrifting. My, oh, my grandma, my mom, they took us thrifting. Bro, found out that thrifting was a thing. People yeah. was going thrifting, B. <laughs> like, like, yeah. I mean, my... RP, my mom used to do it too. Like she took me when I was young, I used to go with her. But then when I got older, she's like, Well, I'm about to go. You know, you want to come with me? I'm like, Negative, Batman. You is not about to keep me out here for hours if I got a choice. Now, if I had no choice, and yeah, I'm with you. But when I got a little bit older, I didn't I didn't really go. Like, you know, she'll get her and one of her friends and, you know, have a, you know, look like I took it as a ladies' day. You know what I'm saying? Even though thrifting is not just for ladies, but. I, yeah, moms used to be there. I used to be there with her when I was young, too. It's definitely a, a real deal thing. People, I don't know, society just overlooks stuff like that, man. It's some amazing deals where I had a Eddie Bauer top of the line button up, man, that moms got from thrifting. Like, what? I got some J's from thrifting. Never been worn before from thrifting. Like, <laughs> y'all need to. Y'all need to get off that bull and go save yourself a dollar. Go thrifting. You ain't to put your eyeballs on. Like you can't just walk in and, <laughs> and expect it to pop out. Now you gotta, <laughs> you gotta scoop, scoop, scoop. Right. We used to get, we used to get so many toys and stuff from there when we was kids too, bro. Like people would donate their toys or whatever. We'd be like, "Hey, can we go over here?" We'd be over there digging in the totes, finding some gold in that mug. <laughs> like, right. These kids, then you get older, you know what I mean? You like. I really ain't trying to spend twenty dollars on no pair of jeans. You go in that mug and get ten for twenty. Like, what's up? <laughs> like, like, I, I, I ain't gonna lie. Like now, like I'm not against thrifting, but I forget about it. Like it's not one of them things. Like, 
like, man, I need to, like, I need to go clothes shopping. Instead of me going thrifting and trying to cash some deals, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to Wally World because I just know what, you know, I know what Walmart got. Like, all right, I'm going to go on the Walmart, give me a pair of jeans, sweatpants. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, like, all right, I can go to Goodwill and it might take me an hour, but I can, I'm going to get a better deal here if I mm-hmm. search and find me something nice. I can get me a couple pairs of jeans, maybe some sweats, some shirts, you know what I mean? If they got some nice sneaks in there that's, you know, not too far from, <laughs> you know, sometimes you can't bring all of them back. I ain't going to lie. But sometimes <laughs> you can. <laughs> but right. still, it's like, you know, you can find, like you said, toys for your kids. Uh, I don't know, man, just little all types of stuff, man. That's what, like, and I agree with you, man. It is, it is, a, uh, it's, it's fun, man. It was something that my mom used to do when I was little, too. You said you, your sisters, your grandma, your mom. Like, I remember, I remember, <laughs> I remember coming back and we had to get bags out the car because they done went thrifting. I'm like, oh, yeah. Right. Like they, you. they went hammer. <laughs> it's, uh, it's 50 bags in this. <laughs> Straight up, though, <laughs> like all these bags did on Christmas when we was little, you know what I mean? Those big bags was big bags of thrift clothes. Like, right. He was hyped because, you know what I'm saying? Especially when you're coming from a lower income household. You know what I mean? Now, all that stuff new to you, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, facts. <laughs> That's new. But, and you know, uh, you don't even know. Like my mom, I don't even know if you remember. Remember that Bethel jersey that I had, that Iverson jersey? That oh, high yeah. School Iverson? I don't, mom's in, that wasn't no online buy. That was, she caught that thrifting. Still had the tag on it, brought it, brought it to me. Like, I know you in the jerseys. I don't know if this is a good one or not, but and I'm looking at it. Like, are you crazy? Right. This is a high school, a high school Iverson jersey. And, and every time I wore that, like, I've never seen nobody that had a duplicate or nothing. Of that jersey, and every time somebody seen me, like, man, where'd you get that jersey? I used to always be like, if I tell you, I got a key. <laughs> like, I had the plug, but I'm like, one, I don't know where my mom got it from. Like, but I know she didn't go nowhere and spend $90 on it. It probably would have been $120 on an Iverson jersey, like a high school Iverson right. jersey at that stitch, at that. Like, nah, this was an authentic jersey. Like, still had the tag on it and everything. Like, just sit there, probably got it for like 15 bucks. Like, what? Like, right. yeah, definitely, my man. You you can find now. I ain't gonna tell people you always gonna find gold. <laughs> you might not always find gold, but say, hey, hey you sometimes you go. Sometimes you gonna hit in that mug. Sometimes, boy. It's like it's like <laughs> playing a lotto. Not really. It's a little. It's a little better than easier than playing a lotto. But you know, sometimes you hit. Sometimes you hit big. Sometimes you hit small, man. As long as you hit, <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, man, I had to bring that up, though. So that's the extra stuff for the week, man. Uh, man, that was a pretty good show today, man. I hope everybody enjoyed it. Um, you know, y'all can um, always like, share, subscribe. I just linked everything to the uh, Link Entertainment LLC Facebook page. So you can now go and listen to the podcast directly from the Facebook page. Yes, sir. So y'all can go ahead and do that. We trying to make it easy on y'all. That's why we call it the Link Entertainment, right? We link you to everything that you need. And that's great around you. <laughs> anyway, man, go ahead and drop your tags. Anything else you want to say as well, brother? Uh, you know me, man. It's E. Carter, uh, host of First Class Podcast. Um, 
uh, like we we mentioned a couple of times during the show, you can always catch me over there on the Four Three podcast that we will be doing tomorrow. Uh, check that out. Um, be on the lookout for that. Uh, got another show coming on the First Class coming up this week. I have a current episode that's out. Um, it's called um, "Who Do You Run To." Please go check that out. That's on. Uh, we're on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcast, um, uh, Stitcher, and a couple other platforms as well. Uh, uh, I believe YouTube is coming up soon. Uh, you can catch me on Facebook under my name, my gov, Eric Carter Jr. Or you can have, um, or you can catch the the first class pages, first class podcast media. Uh, I'm about to start bringing a lot more content to that specific page uh, recently, so I'll be on the lookout for that. So I think that's I think that's pretty much about it. Oh. And before I get out of here, beer products are still and always available. <laughs> I just, uh, a friend of mine, man, he just uh, seen a picture on Instagram and he, you know, tagged me in it and just showed his, uh, I think he's up to eight months journey. And I've seen some of his friends comment on it and it was like, man, you ain't never had no full beard. Like you used to have patches, you used to have this. And he was like, Man, thanks to my dude and, and his and his products helped me get there. So hopefully that should bring us some new business. So the products does they definitely work, man. Uh, don't just take my word for it. Every customer that we've had has always came back for some more. So uh, first class um, beer products is always available. Um, if you're looking for more details, just get with me and say, hey, man, how do I get some beer products? How do I take care of my beer? And I'll definitely uh, <laughs> point you in the right direction. But yeah, that's pretty much all I got on that one. That's what's up, man. Yeah, man. So y'all know it. Me, y'all can find me on the Link ENT LLC. Everything the Link Entertainment LLC on Instagram, I believe. Um, I might have changed that to the Link ENT LLC as well, but not entirely sure. I've been working at, been working on linking everything together for a while now. But anyway, like I just stated, y'all can listen to this and other podcasts of uh, ours on straight straight from the Facebook page now. You can also listen to them on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, basically wherever you can find your podcast. You can also um, let us know if it's somewhere that you want to listen to it that you can't find it. I can have it up for you uh, very shortly. Um, I almost forgot to mention that I do. Uh, we are opening up another um, business where we are doing custom everything, um, custom engraving. We're calling it Kurt's Custom Engraving for now, but we do... Um, coaster we could do your coasters for you like i got business link entertainment llc coaster sitting over here these are wood we do them in acrylics too and then i made some stuff for my kids man i'm gonna just you know show y'all one of them i ain't gonna show you everything man. but look right. you know what i'm saying stuff like this or whatever and um you know it's just something that i like to do something that we like to do together me and my boys we like to do stuff together like this so we cut these out engrave them or whatever and uh you know do a little stuff like that or whatever. So we, some of that stuff is already up. So you can go to our uh, Kurt's Custom Engraving on um, Etsy. I put the coasters up. Um, I'll be putting name puzzles and keychains and all that type of stuff up there too. Um, anything that's Link merchandise, you'll be able to find that on the Link Entertainment mm-hmm. LLC website um, shortly. So the Link Entertainment LLC.com and for anything uh, Link merchandise or whatever. And if you need something engraved, the number will be there on that SE page. Um, I'll have a designated website specifically for that soon. 
um, until then, man, any um, inquiries, you can hit us up on the link entertainment LLC.com or the link entertainment LLC on Facebook at the link ENT LLC on anything else. Um, as always, man, it's been a pleasure, man. I'm always glad to talk sports with my brother E. Uh, he ended it last time saying not bad for a running back and came on with the not bad for a running back again, y'all, man. Come on, Browns, man. Y'all got to let me. I'm trying to do some chance on this baby, man. So this week, beat them, beat them, beat them Cardinals, and I'll be so impressed. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, man, that's a wrap for uh, the C Podcast, SEE Sports Entertainment, and Extra Extra Sheen. Until next time, <laughs> yeah.